Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. A numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN, the sports betting network. Hour number two of a numbers game at Visa, the sports betting network, VSIN.com, the Visa app, Fubo Sling Game Plus, iHeartRadio, YouTube TV. It's Gil Alexander. Jeff Parles is uh, putting his hands up in confusion. You having trouble getting with Jason? Is that what that's about? No, we had him, and then uh, he just... His, his, uh... his computer crashed. He just texted me. Oh, okay. So, so we'll give back. him a minute He'll then. be back in a minute. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> He's texting me while you're doing that. By the way, I got a text from Felica as well uh, to the both of us. Felica said, uh, you guys are... Uh, he said, oh, man, you're going to make me get a mortadella and provolone sandwich with roasted red peppers for lunch now, aren't you? With our mortadella talk. These, uh, these, we get tweets at beating the book. Always appreciate the feedback. This is from Blue Hen Bill. Anybody notice that the Eagles basically had a bye while the Bucks played their starters to try to get to the uh, home field in the playoffs? Should I factor the extra rest into my handicapping? And if so, how much? As always, my condolences on the loss of your dad. Thank you, Blue Hen Bill. Um, I have as little feel for that game as any. Car- Cardinals, Rams, and that game. I just don't want any part of you. I'm not the guy to ask with the, the factor in extra. I well, mean, well, yes, you should keep it in mind for sure, but well, I, that's the one with the most volatile outcomes to me. Yeah, I, I was that that was actually the way I was going to phrase that because it wouldn't shock me if Tampa wins the game by four touchdowns, and it wouldn't shock me if Philadelphia is driving at the end to to shock everyone and win the game outright. This is from John Anthony, the uh, second. Uh, talking about my rant earlier about the whole Draymond Green controversy. He said, uh, offshores don't like it much either. I made the mistake of max betting a last-second info drop. Let's just say the green the green and yellow offshore sent me on my way the next day. Was I upset? Of course. Did I understand why? Yes, emphatically. He gets it. He understands completely. Um, I then go on to uh, respond to him. He says, 100% in that moment, it didn't register that I could get tossed. Just thought I was getting a solid number. But, hey, it's the game we play. This is from uh, Testudo. Can we uh, tweet the tennis picks? <laughs> I knew these were coming. Jason H11. Uh, remember, Gil, we are stupid Americans that can't spell. Any chance we get those plays on here uh, or somewhere on VEASAN, only one I caught was Nakashima. We will have those in the Visa newsletter. Those are already ready to be posted to the newsletter when that goes out a little bit later in the hour. Okay. And this is the thing with the with the matches in Australia. Again, we remember we had we had a lot of them in Europe, and when they're in in Europe, then typically the matches are right before the show or during the show, and it's it's tough to get in. So now in Australia, it's just like forever from now. So we might not even have all of the lines on a on a morning by morning basis next week, but we'll give I'll give uh, whatever picks I do have on a morning by morning basis here while the tour is out in Australia. By the way, have you uh, have you been following the Novak Djokovic controversy and all this? This is this is the biggest thing going on in international sport right now, which is Novak Djokovic, who is not a fan of the vaccination, ladies and gentlemen. In case you missed that, uh, he's anti-vax. He. Uh, and Australia, which has been really strict in terms of their shutdown, their lockdown over the course of the last two years for their general population, 
Novak has sort of tried to finagle his way into playing the Australian Open this year, knowing what the rule, knowing what the vaccination stance is in that country. Anyway, he got a uh, he from Victoria, and again, that's below the federal level. He got a, uh, a visa or he got an exemption. He came over to Australia. Then the federal government said, "No, sorry, buddy, we're, we're canceling your visa." And then a judge on appeal two days ago said, hey, we're reinstating your visa. And now, while they, the Australian Open went ahead and did the seedings yesterday, they made Djokovic number one, now it looks like it's still very much in controversy because a, a, a uh, immigration minister could overrule, could overrule the judge that just ruled in Djokovic's favor. And so we still don't know if Djokovic is going to be allowed to play or not. Don't know. That affects all of our bets. It's the only thing we care about. I got plus 650 on Sasha Zverev. That plus 650 looks phenomenal without Djokovic because then it becomes essentially a mano a mano on the men's side, quite frankly, between Sasha Zverev and Daniil Medvedev, in my humble opinion. Djokovic would pollute that. Do we have Jason yet, by the way? Do we have Jason? Nope, still don't have Jason. Um, <laughs> we're working on Jason Weigarden. Uh, we might have to push Jason back if we don't get him in time until after Brent, but we'll see. Brent Musburger coming up next and Michael Lombardi as well. So that's that's the big thing with that. But just to let you know, again, the tennis plays are... The tennis plays are Nakashima, Vukic, those are men's plays, and Brengel on the ladies' side. We'll just throw them up on the screen one more time for those who are interested. We do have Jason Weingarten, ladies and gentlemen, from under a cloud of smoke in Southern California at Spreadopedia. How you doing, Jason? Good morning. Just had some technical difficulties. My laptop crashed right when we were going on air. That is quite all right. Things happen. I believe that's the, uh, the phrase, isn't it? Things happen. I believe that's what Things. people say. Things happen. Uh, okay, couple things. One, let's start with your the parlay that wasn't. You 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 were on this show last week with Jeff. Jeff did a phenomenal job, everybody. Uh, and you said you took a parlay where you were you were taking the Jaguars on the money line, parlayed with the tie in the Raiders Chargers game. Oh, so close. What was the payout on that? A lot. Um. <laughs> a lot. 650 was, to one, uh, something like that. Was, you said it was a very, very large unhedged swing. And the worst part is, is I had all afternoon and evening to put in all sorts of hedges. Cause I had, I had Jaguars parlayed with under 49. I had Jaguars money line parlayed with under 42 and a half. I had, I had money line tie, you know, I had all sorts of stuff that, that I, I had hours and hours to make hedges on, and I just sat there and said, nope, just going to let this burn, and burn it did. Burn it did. For those who missed it, which I did, by the way, as well, what inspired you to take the Jaguars on the money line? Was it because you – was it just simply a money play where you're like, hey, it's the NFL, anything can happen, this price is great, I just want to have some fun? Or was there, was there a legit handicap behind it where you're like, yeah, I actually think the Colts can lay an egg here? I thought, I mean, if, if you've gambled on football long enough, you know that the final week of the season is always unpredictable, like absolutely unpredictable. And 14 points is a huge spread. They were basically just saying, like, the Jaguars are not showing up. We don't think the Jaguars are going to show up. And I just didn't get any indication of that. You know, 14 points is just an insanely large spread for any football game, any NFL game. And it was just like... Every person I talked to just assumed that the Colts had already won that game. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't like it when you when you have that attitude. When people just assume that one team's gonna win before they even play, I'm always 
going to probably take the other side because that's not how it works. Let me shift to the Draymond Green controversy briefly because I, I talked about it earlier. My general take in a sentence or two was, hey, look, I think the book should pay everybody because Draymond played, and that's just that's how the ball bounces, so to speak. Uh, but I also believe that there is this this vocal minority of the too cool for school Twitter crowd who believes that any behavior on their part, no matter how much they max it, no matter how many times they bet it, like the fact that they're shocked that there might be consequences is also Michugas to me. Do you agree with that? I can sum the entire thing up in one word, and that applies for the operators and the players. And that word is greed. That, that word that describes this entire situation is greed. The players saw the opportunity and got greedy. They saw, oh, I could, I could parlay this three ways, you know, on a, on a single game parlay. I have to do $5,000 on it. I have to do $10,000 on it. That's, that's greed. Yes. That's when you just, you, you just thinking I'm going to hit them for the most I can. At the same time, the operators are guilty of the same, you know, the same crime, being extra, extra greedy because nobody told them to make five thousand and ten thousand dollar limits on single game parlays yeah, with correlated three legs. You know, that's that is absolutely poor risk management. That is not real bookmaking. And if you're gonna take ten thousand dollars, you know, ten thousand dollar parlays, correlated parlays on stuff like that. One of my friends pointed out, he says, you know, books aren't the only one playing for keeps here. You know, players are playing for keeps as well. So don't don't be surprised if someone's going to get greedy if, if you're being greedy. I agree. You know, that's yeah, I that's do. how I feel. Every everybody's wrong here. Um, this is just this is what happens if you're going to Wild West style bookmaking. You're going to get Wild West style taken advantage of. Jason Weingarten, everybody at Spreadopedia on Twitter. Uh, what bets did you make for Wild Card Weekend? Steelers. I like the Steelers plus 12 and a half. I bet them I plus 13 crazy. myself. I think that, yeah. that number is crazy. Like 12, 12 and a half points that you're just telling me the Steelers like have no defense, have, have nothing. I mean, I know it's Ben Roethlisberger. He looks like crap and they got the, the crap kicked out of him already by the, the, the chiefs a couple weeks ago, but none of that really matters to me here. Uh, 12 and a half points playoff game. I'll, I'll take the, the, the Steelers here and I'll probably bet the money line plus five twenty five. If that keeps going Ooh. up before game time, I will Ooh. definitely bet bet some money line there. That's your favorite of the bunch. I think. I mean, I, I like the 49ers a lot. Do you like the 49ers, Gil? I do too. I think they match up really well against the Cowboys, and I, I like the uh, I like the 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 Cardinals plus three and a half versus the Rams. I think the Rams secondary is very weak right now, and I'm not sure. They're going to be able to cover four points in that win. Yeah, I took the Steelers. I took the Ram. Excuse me. I took the Steelers. I took the 49ers. And I took the Patriots plus the points because I thought four and a half was too much. So those are the three bets that I made uh, for this weekend. We only have a minute left, Jason. When all is said and done, because you and I have talked about awards mostly during this football season, who do you think ultimately ends up with coach of the year, first of all? Taylor Rabel. I'm not sure the last week of the season really mattered for. Uh for winning the award. But uh, I, I think when you vote, it's either Taylor or Vrabel. Um, who do you stand? Else who do you stand to make the most on? Uh, Taylor. Taylor's the only one I have. Oh, you don't have, I don't have anything. To yeah. I think, I mean, again, it's, it's, it's always fascinating. Cause it's like, if you're just asking me, and by the way, this just did, I don't have a vote, but if you're asking me what Vrabel did is the most incredible thing, but Taylor exceeded the expectations by the most, 
it's going to take the voters to consider the fact that Vrabel didn't have his best players for extended periods of time. I just don't know if the people voting on that will consider that enough for him to win, right? That's sort of the that's sort of the calculus. LaFleur might win it, and I have no idea why, quite frankly. Yeah, me either. Yeah. I don't uh I wouldn't have I wouldn't have even considered him. An MVP it's Rogers, right? Gotta be. Gotta I, be. I mean Okay. Try to convince yourself otherwise, but it's him. Jason Weingarten, everybody. Thank you, sir. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. The great Brent Musburger, voice of the Raiders, next numbers game visa the Sports Betting Network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vcin.com to check the current betting splits data. It's a new feature that gives you insights on where the money and bets are moving for every game. You'll be able to see where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money does not match the public opinion. Data is available for money line over, under, and against the spread bets. Betting splits, yet another way that vcin is here to make you a smarter, better year-round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at vcin.com. Uh, four years ago, we did a college football betcast for the national championship. It was Georgia against Alabama, the game where Nick Saban replaced Jalen Hurts with Tua at halftime. And Tua, of course, famously threw the pass to uh, Devontae for the win. I had a 30-to-1 ticket on Georgia, and Brent Musburger was hosting that betcast and immediately threw it to me. What do you think, lad? And I said, Brent, I'm going to need a minute. Thankfully, he didn't hold that against me, and he's kind enough to join us today. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the great Brent Musburger. How are you, sir? <laughs> Did you have another ticket on Monday night? Did you I, go back on the dogs? I did not. I did not have. I, I had a small. I had a small Bama ticket, but I didn't have any futures plays or anything like that, yeah. like I did last time. So yeah, I did too. I had a uh, you know because I'm a roll tide guy. But uh, listen, hats off. The dogs were the best team, and uh, once we lost that other wide receiver, it wasn't much of a chance. But they but they pounded us pretty good in the fourth quarter, as Coach Saban pointed out and uh, it's all sec yeah listen i hope the raiders can draft a couple of those big rascals off that georgia defense if you know what i mean i do absolutely (laughs) that would that would be a market improvement over past raiders drafts but that's a that's a conversation for for another time let me just ask you about this brent you are of course people know you from so many things through the years whether it's the nfl today on cbs for pro football whether it's college football any number of sports you are the voice of the raiders these days here and you got to preside over at least for me, Brent, I'm curious if, it, if it's the case for you because you've watched more football than I have. One of the greatest regular season games, if not one of the greatest football games I think I've ever witnessed. First of all, do you feel the same? And secondly, because you were working the game, did you get to fully appreciate it? Well, it's hard to fully appreciate it. But when I walked away and uh, my son Scott's a spotter, I said, Scott, listen, that may have been the wildest, most entertaining game I've ever broadcast. Uh, as I reflect back on all the things that happened, and Justin Herbert, magnificent young quarterback, probably the best quarterback who's not in the playoffs, able to tie that game, Gil, with uh, five minutes to go down 15 is just remarkable. And then uh, Jacobs, of course, got the 10-yard run, and that eliminated, eliminated the possibility of the Raiders just settling for a tie and sending both the Raiders and the Chargers into the playoffs. So to answer your question, it was one of the wildest, and I, and I will say this, most entertaining games mm-hmm. that I've ever been about. And that's that's sort of the feedback I'm hearing from around the country from from my friends who've been texting, that they were they were wildly entertained. I guess the only person who wasn't 
is Steeler coach Mike Tomlin because he admits <laughs> that he fell asleep in the fourth quarter. <laughs> fell asleep. Can you imagine? Imagine that. Fell asleep. And, and he says he's better for it, actually, in the end, for not having to live through that. Exactly. Were you, last thing about this game, were you, you know, when Brandon Staley called the timeout, which everybody's been talking about since, with 38 seconds left in the game, did you in the moment think that was a bad move? No, I did not. Um, I was a little confused as to why, and then I saw the the defensive lineman trot onto the field and Murray trot off. So I figured they were, were adjusting their personnel, and uh, it would have been successful if they had been able to stop Jacobs at the line of scrimmage because then the pressure would have mounted on Basaccia. Uh, do you go for the extra-long field goal, which is somewhat risky, because it'll be a low send-off by Carlson. Uh, you know, it didn't come about because um, Jacobs was able to gain 10 yards and a much shorter makeable field goal for Carlson. But I did think Coach Staley made a horrendous mistake going for fourth down. I think it was his own 18-yard oh, yeah. line. That's that's oh, just yeah. arrogant, and that's just stupid. I don't care what the what the numbers say. He had the better football team, man for man. So punt the ball and uh, see what see what unfolds after that. We didn't score a touchdown, but we did kick a field goal, and every point mattered in that game. Even even Coach Basaccia's decision early to go for the two. Uh, my colleague, former lineman Lincoln Kennedy, was very critical of that. He said, in his opinion, don't go for two unless you absolutely have to. And of course, if Carlson had tacked that extra point on. Uh, then it would not have even gone to uh, overtime. But so, be, but I did not go. And, and even now, I know that Rex Ryan went off the deep end on it and uh, said that it cost the Chargers the game, a horrendous decision. But I, I don't look back on it uh, thinking that way at all. I, they just didn't perform on the. Now, the one thing the Raiders did change, and it's no small thing, they had been operating their run game out of the shotgun coming down. They did move Carr under center after that timeout. And when he pivoted, Jacobs was moving at a pretty good rate of speed by the time he takes a handoff. And then when he cut to daylight against the Chargers, uh, he was e- easily open for a, for that 10-yard game. But at the time, no, to answer your question, I did not. The hindsight's twenty twenty, and Rex went off the rails on ESPN the next day. And that, that honestly was the first time that I was aware that there was a big controversy about it. Yeah, you and I, you and I are pretty much in agreement. I think the <clears throat> the fourth and one in the third quarter is indefensible at your 18. I don't care. Like you said, whatever incremental win probability extra that gives you is not worth the downside. But I do think that too much is being made of that of that uh, timeout at the end. Which yes, maybe Brandon Staley didn't get the bigger picture of the Raiders slowing down the tempo. Maybe there's something there, but we can't really draw a line to defeat from that. There's too many moving parts. What do you ultimately love this weekend moving forward, Brent? What's your favorite bets on the board? Well, you know, and and listen, everybody's favorite bet is San Francisco to go into Dallas and upset the Cowboys, which means I'm going to bet the Cowboys because <laughs> I've been around this business so long that when everybody, everybody says one thing, go the other way, okay? So that's that's probably uh, – I think that the Chiefs are giving too many points to the Steelers. Uh, I don't expect Big Ben and, and the Steelers to go in there and upset the Chiefs. And uh, listen, I've seen two whiplashing of the Raiders – by the Chiefs, so I know how things go. Uh, 
but but the Steelers' defense is pretty opportunistic, and uh, with J.J. Watt, if they get any kind of heat on Mahomes at all, uh, they they could cause the Chiefs some problems. The Chiefs have not been magnificent in every game so far this year. I just think that's that's too many points probably in a in a wild card game. Uh, I do like the Bills. I know that game's at a field goal. I just think it's going to be very difficult for a rookie quarterback. Uh, to go back into that Buffalo weather. Uh, you know, they, they limited him to three passes when they beat the Bills, the Patriots, earlier this season. So I, so I like that. I was looking back at, at our game, and I know that some early money has come in on the Raiders. I think they were six and a half down to five and a half. I don't know what it is actually this morning. but So I went back and just to kind of study our game. And, and when we hit the fourth quarter in that game uh, with about – 11.48 to go, in fact, exactly, because I'm looking at it right now. The Raiders pulled to within three points, 16-13 of, of the Bengals, and then uh, Joe Burrow went and hit Jamar Chase for six yards, and then Joe Mixon, who was actually the difference in that game, got his second touchdown from 20 yards out, in the, uh, and the Bengals able to pull away in that game back in, back in October. I suppose, from a betting standpoint for me, my recommendation would be to tease the, the Raiders uh, take them down uh, from that line. If you can get them down inside the magic number of three and then uh, pick someone to team to team with you. But, but I will alert everybody that what you think is going to happen in the playoffs doesn't happen in the playoffs that um, there, there have been so many uh, against the spread numbers in favor of underdogs through the wild card weekend. It, it There's a reason why it's wild. And, uh, and I'm assuming the same thing will will happen will happen this year, Gil. Right, we only have a minute left, so I, I may not have another opportunity to talk to you. So if I ask you here before the postseason, all right, Brent, who you got in the Super Bowl? You would say what? Green Bay and Buffalo. Uh, it's a it's a pick I made earlier. I'm going to stick with it. I know that the Packers have lost the last two NFC Championship games. I'm well aware they were blown out by the 49ers. And uh, then, of course, last year, uh, Tom Brady went up to Green Bay and eliminated them. But I just, I, the arrogance, listen, Aaron Rodgers, he's the diva, uh, but I think uh, he's due hes due to win the big one in the NFC. And I just have always liked Buffalo. Uh, I suppose I have a bias toward Josh Allen and, and his days up at Wyoming. But, but that's the Super Bowl I predict right now. All right. With with who winning, by the way, if I hold you to that? I'm going to take Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. Okay. Uh, I, I love what Matt LaFleur has done as a head coach. I think he's underrated a little bit up there. Uh, they're getting their left tackle back in time for the playoffs. I think it's a very well-coached team. They replace injured offensive linemen about as, anybody in, as well as anybody in the NFL. We all know what happened to the Chiefs with their banged-up offensive line last year against the Buccaneers. So so I'm going to go with the Packers as of right now. But, hey, Gil, you can ask me next week, and I may have changed my mind. You know what I mean? I, I may do just that. Brent, thank you so much. Appreciate it. You got it. All right, my man. Take care, Gil. You too. Brent Musburger, everybody. Uh, voice of the Raiders. That's what he does these days. Of course, founder here at VEASAN. Coming back, Michael Lombardi and Super Bowl MVP market. Can I interest you in that? A numbers game with 
Gil Alexander on VSIN, the sports betting network. BetMGM welcomes you with a special offer on the NBA. Simply place a $10 money line wager on any game, and if either team hits a three pointer, you'll win $200 in free bets, regardless of your bet's outcome. Just use bonus code VSIN200 when you make your first bet. Plus, you'll earn M Life rewards that can be redeemed for rooms and dining at any MGM resort. BetMGM, proud to be an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and hopefully proud to be a sponsor of this show. Download the app or go to betmgm.com and use bonus code VSIN200 to win $200 in free bets of the three-pointers made in the game you wager on. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. New customer offer. All promotions subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi or Nevada. Skill Alexander, Jeff Parlay, producing number five at eight, is here as well. The Grover Cleveland of producers, also the host of Bet Center on the weekends. Jeff, I just want to take a moment and just appreciate what it is that we were just able to do as human beings, as lifelong sports fans, as sports bettors. We just got to talk to Brent Musburger for 10, 15 minutes. We've done it before, right? We've talked to Brent many times. But I just want to, I just want to stop in the, you know, stand for a moment and just say how much we appreciate the ability to do that. If you had gone back and told my seven-year-old self, Gil. One day, that man on the TV that you watch religiously every weekend, you're going to be able to talk to him for 10 minutes at length. He's going to know who you are. We just have to stop and appreciate that. So thank you to Brent, uh, whose pipes are as solid as ever. How great is that, too? Voice of the Raiders for spending time with us. We get tweets at Beating the Book. We got a whole bunch of them to uh, get to. Vegas Valkis tuned in before Thanksgiving, heard your Titans rant and angle, and knew I needed a piece of this with you. Let's go. He got the Titans. What is that? Do, 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 do. I don't know what his odds are, but he got a bit, uh, nice odds there to uh, win. Uh, by the way, I have him to win the AFC and to win the Super Bowl. We shall see, but I'm glad you jumped aboard. Uh, this is from DJ Jams. Hey, Gil, what do you think about Super Bowl possible matchup? Titans versus Packers, 9-1. to one. Sorry to hear about your father. Hang in there. Love the show. Thank you. Appreciate it, DJ Jams. Um, that's the, those are the two number one seeds. Wouldn't shock me at all. I mean... What team would shock you if they got to the Super Bowl of the remaining 14? The Steelers, the Eagles. I think I'd be shocked by the Cardinals. I think Raiders would still shock me. But I guess what I'm getting at is there's about nine or ten of them that, like, wouldn't really shock me at all. Uh, Nine to one on that. By the way, we should do a Super Bowl exactus tomorrow. We will uh, look at those numbers. I don't hate it, DJ Jams. Let's put it that way. I don't hate it. Uh, Toby, well, let's see, Toby1472, who had suspended at 12K, that's in his Twitter handle. Doesn't it feel like Mike McCarthy with a complete team in Dallas heading into Lambeau Field to face Aaron Rodgers and the Packers? Uh, doesn't it feel like McCarthy, who was blamed and fired there for everything, is the natural arc of this story? Eh, maybe. I don't see Dallas winning it, though. This is from, uh, this is from Web12-66. I was looking for Mortadella on the tennis picks. <laughs> That's one of the players. The better life. We need more sandwich-based analogies for sports betting scenarios. You're welcome. <laughs> You're very welcome. Uh, on and on with these. Let's see here. Warrior 13 five years ago, my book left a 12 p.m. college football lineup after the first quarter. The score was 13 to nothing, so naturally I added them to three different four-team parlays. They left it on my account. That was the only team to lose on every parlay. Lesson learned. 
Steve in Vegas, did I just miss the tennis plays? Went to the uh, bathroom and swear I heard something. You heard correctly. We'll post them in the newsletter as well. But again, it's uh, Vukic, Bringle, Nakashima. And on and on, we appear. Oh, Len Glow. Gil, your current guest, he's talking about Jason Weingarten, said it perfectly. My take on the, uh, on the Draymond fiasco, betters made up for their bad beats, taking advantage of a bad operator, mistake blunder, part of the business. Do operators refund bets on bad beats? Chalk it up as a bad beat. Ryan Thompson, for those of us that know nothing about tennis and are looking to tell your plays, can you spell these names out? LOL. We will do that in the, uh, in the newsletter. I don't think people want to hear me spell them out on the radio. And Scott C., listening to your talk, Gil, about it being incumbent for the better to understand the practices of their books, I couldn't help but imagine a very enraged crack man, God love him. Uh, reciprocity seems to be the name of the game. You have a great point of view, as always. Thank you, Scott C. Uh, we continue all the feedback at beating the book. We appreciate it. Uh, so Jeff Parlay, uh, trusty producer here, has uh, posted some Super Bowl MVP odds. These are courtesy of BetMGM, yes, our proud sponsor. So this is obviously anticipating which two teams will get to the Super Bowl, as we just asked of Brent. He asked Green Bay over Buffalo. Uh, the young man who just tweeted, I assume he's young. I don't know if he is. I'm just assuming. Uh, he said, what about the Titans and the Packers? So whatever two teams you think are getting to the Super Bowl, then you got to figure out, do you play the game itself? Would you play the team? Would you play a player? Like if it's the, if it's the Packers, there is some notion that you would play Aaron Rodgers to be the Super Bowl. If you believe the Packers are going to win it all, do you play the Packers to win it all, Jeffrey? Do you take the somewhat better price on Aaron Rodgers at plus 450 in this market? Now, I know limits may vary. That's obviously a, a factor here. But if all things were equal, would you play Aaron Rodgers if you thought the Packers were winning it all? I would play every quarterback if the number is better on said quarterback than the team, which if it is not, then you have a very very bad number on said player. So Patrick Mahomes applies, Tom Brady applies, Josh Allen applies. Tannehill is the one where it doesn't uh, well, it does apply now. Uh but yeah, no, it applies for applies for everyone on that board. Yeah. Of course, there the risk involved is that some player, whether it's a running back or maybe perhaps a wide receiver, has such an outlandish game that they end up with the MVP trophy and then you get torpedoed on what was what you thought was a very clever way to play this. The in all honesty at this point, Gil, <clears throat> after 2 years ago where Damian Williams was the MVP of that game and Patrick Mahomes still won the MVP <laughs> yes. of the Super Bowl? Yeah, it's brutal. Yeah, if you had Damian Williams that day, you you still should be a little bit uh ticked off at that. And you got the feeling he really had no shot in the end. Like you're just like yeah, they're gonna vote for him. Yeah, they're gonna vote Mahomes because because of because of the uh, uh, the wasp play to the hill that flipped that whole game. Look, the one I'm looking at here though, Gil, I I would look at Joe Burrow. Mm. That would be the one I would look at because if Cincinnati somehow wins the Super Bowl, there are like paths to other players, other quarterbacks not winning the MVP. Uh, Green Bay's defense has a huge game, and someone on that defense wins it. Their defense is capable of doing that. Uh, Kansas City, uh, maybe you get something strange, maybe because Mahomes already won it once, that they would give it to a Tyree Killer or Travis Kelsey. We saw this in New England Super Bowls where Deion Branch won an MVP. Deion Branch. On the Super Bowl. Let me, let me throw in a little factor to pollute this. The awards in the NFL, talking about MVP, Rookie of the Year, and such, 
all of them announced on February the 10th. Mm-hmm. So two days before the Super Bowl. So let's say, I mean, because there's a lot of things to sort of consider, right? Let's say you think Cincinnati's going to win it all. And let's say you also think that Mac Jones is going to trip up Jamar Chase for Rookie of the Year. And then Jamar Chase has a really good game in the Super Bowl. Isn't that a makeup call MVP? Like, well, you just have to consider all these little moving parts. Is sure, all but we know how the voters usually vote here. They're going to lean quarterback unless if it's unless if Jamar Chase does what he did against Kansas City, basically. Like, that's, that's what I'm saying. That's the one scenario where you get beat. By the way, also a shout-out to the NFL for not making us wait till July for these awards like Major League Baseball would do. Well, we'll give you the awards in July. So you know what I'm going to say here, because you just brought up Joe Burrow at 25-1. to 1. You see who else is at 25-1, to 1, right? Derek Henry, 25 to 1. Sight unseen at this point here on the doorstep of the postseason. But Derek Henry, who we all believe is going to play for the Titans next week and beyond if the Titans advance, he is the unicorn. He is, and you you even brought up Tannehill, right? I went down the list of quarterbacks. When you said quarterbacks, I'm like, Rodgers, okay, Mahomes, Brady, Allen, stopped short of Tannehill. Because isn't that the one team where the quarterback doesn't get the big lights on the marquee? Wouldn't Derrick Henry at 25 to 1? They're the number one seed. We just talked about how great plus 850 was as a uh, bet to win it all at this point, with them only having to play two games, two home games, before they get to the Super Bowl. Derrick Henry at 25 to 1. If you like the Titans, is that not a clever way, or is that too cool, too cute of a way to play it? Probably too cute, but if Tennessee is going to win win the Super Bowl, it's more than likely going to be on the legs of Henry than the arm of Tannehill. Yeah, I think it will be. I mean, it's a pretty interesting market to have to pick one now because there are, it it is a proxy, right? You you can use it as a proxy for Super Bowl bets, getting more favorable numbers on a specific player. Now, of course, the risk being two things: one. Limits probably different. I think we can say that with 100% assurance. Your limits here on MVP are probably going to be lower. That's a definite than an actual game call or a Super Bowl betting market. But the other thing is, obviously, there's that possibility of someone that you're not expecting winning it, right? If you go Derrick Henry, it could be Ryan Tannehill in the end. It could be A.J. Brown. Who knows? But that's it's a creative proxy you know, wait, because we usually talk about this right before the game itself. We're like, well, if you're going to bet the Chiefs, bet Patrick Mahomes. If you're going to bet the Bucks, bet Tom Brady. This would be a slightly more juicy bang for your buck doing it at this point. We'll come back. Michael Lombardi next. Numbers Game Visa, the Sports Betting Network. VEASAN has a great new offer to help make this your best betting year ever. It's our all-new Big Game Big Dance special, providing VEASAN Plus all access to everything we do from now through April 5th for only $69. Sign up now and get our daily best bet emails. That's our daily best bet emails, rather. 24-7 video access to the upcoming Big Game and College Hoops betting guides, plus full access to VEASAN.com with our exclusive betting split breakdowns on every game. It's one of the most exciting betting seasons of the year, so don't miss out on one of our best deals of the year. Visit VEASAN.com slash big deal to sign up today. Gil Alexander, Jeff Parlay is here as well. Uh, if we didn't have Michael Lombardi, we would do an entire segment on African Cup of Nations uh, shenanigans going on on the side. But maybe we'll talk about those tomorrow. Who does it involve? Equatorial Guinea? Is that Oh, what that's is? the game that's later. But there oh. was a match that legitimately got 
the, the ref blew his end of game whistle five minutes before the game was supposed to end a regulation and then finished the game a minute before it was nice. supposed to end. So nice. uh, very good there. Yes. Nicely done. Africa cup of nations. Ladies and gentlemen, he's the host of the Lombardi line at the top of the hour each and every day here at Vison. Also uh, the host of the podcast, GM shuffle gridiron genius is the name of the book. He's worked with many of the NFL greats. It's Michael Lombardi. How you doing, Michael? I'm doing good, Gil. How are you? I'm doing well. Uh, I have uh, this will be my you're the last person I will ask this of because I want to put the Brandon Staley thing to bed. But I know you have some strong opinions about this. So, what was your reaction to the fourth and one? First of all, in the third quarter, which I think we all can agree on, and then the timeout with 38 seconds left. Where did you stand on that? You know, I I, I thought the fourth and one was just ridiculous. It, it was it just. To me, I don't think it's fair to the analytical community to say that he was using analytics to do that because there's risk and reward, right? What is the reward? I'm going to have first down. Right. You know, what, what do I get out of this? Like, I get it when you get seven points is the reward, but there's what? You get a first down. You may have to punt three plays later. Made no sense. I also think he wasn't aware. I think he was trying to get his defense aligned in the 38 seconds. Now, it didn't work because they gave up a seven-yard run, even though they were in a complete front. And so I thought it was more trying to get his for him to get himself to stop the run, and he couldn't do it. I think the, the, the key issue here, separating Staley from the analytical community and just focusing on Staley to coach. Gil, if you study the numbers, as you do, the Chargers last year were a better team than they are this year. Yeah. It's just fact. Yeah. It's fact. They've given up 179 points in the fourth quarter. Last year, they gave up 120. We, all of us, me included, we mocked Anthony Lynn to no end. We made fun of him to no end. And yet, Staley has been worse than Lynn. And yet, we allow him to get this with under no pressure whatsoever because he goes for it on fourth down. So I think there's something wrong. Study that defense. That defense only gave up under 15 points twice in the season. Once to the once to the Raiders, and then once to a Denver team that had no players on it. Isn't the appropriate follow-up question to that? Because because uh, I hear what you're saying on all that. That for and now we have the silly season of the coaching carousel where teams are are doing multiple interviews to find their next head man. Brandon Staley was the defensive coordinator of a defense that included. Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey, among others, and parlayed that into a head coaching job. And I'm and I'm I'm still a Brandon Staley fan by and large. But I guess what I'm saying is, shouldn't with some of these teams looking to hire a new head coach, shouldn't that be part of the equation? Like, yeah, your defense was great over there, but you had the greatest player in the world as one of your players. Maybe that should be part of your your coaching handicap, if you will, when hiring. I would think so. I mean, you would ask him, are you going to bring those guys with you? But let's separate that. Like, Staley's got Joey Bosa. They're the 32nd-ranked team in third-down defense this year. He's got Kenneth Murray, a first-round pick. He's got the, you know, he's got the uh, Derwin James, who's back this year. They didn't have Derwin James last year. That's when, huge. when Gus Bradley ran the defense, they were better with, with without Derwin James than they are this year with him. So, to me, I think the way to evaluate a coach is, did his team get better during the season? Is his area of expertise the strength of the team? And the answer to both those questions on Staley is no. Let me ask you one more question before I get your thoughts on Wild Card Weekend and, and the favorite bets that you have. Uh, Carson Wentz and the Indianapolis Colts. And I guess my question for you, Michael, and all your experience in the National Football League, Carson Wentz was a was a MVP candidate before his injury. 
Uh, he big trade over to the Colts. Frank Reich and him are connected on on many levels. And Carson Wentz is just not the guy he was and may never be again. And so that's my question. Like, I can think of Kurt Warner as an example of someone who was great with the Rams, then he was really bad with the Giants, and then was great again with the Cardinals. How realistic is it to expect, if you're a Colts fan or someone who's thinking about, hey, maybe the Colts might have some sneaky value next year, how realistic is it or how common is it for a player to regain his past glory? Do you think Carson Wentz can? I don't. I mean, I call him Ricky Fowler because as soon as the pressure of the tournament increases, as soon as he's in the running for the Masters, he's going to shoot 76. Now, when he's not, he shoots 68, 67. That's Wentz. When there was no pressure on him, they had this win streak. Once it got towards the end of the year, had to beat, had to beat the Raiders. Had to go down and beat the Jacksonville Jaguars. Just don't turn the ball over. I think he does way too many dumb things during the game that loses the confidence of the people who have confidence in him including Frank Wright. I mean, Frank Wright can't stand in front of his team and say, you know, this guy is going to help us win when he's doing th- when he's trying to throw the ball left-handed continuously. Ugh. Continuously. Ugh. You know, and it's and it's and to me I think this fall too. Matt Eberflus has got a great reputation for being the defensive coordinator. I think they do a great job in terms of creating turnovers, but they don't stop anybody. Jacksonville moved the ball up and down the field on him. Just that wasn't as close as the score. No. You know that and I know that. Yeah. So I, I think there's some hard questions you have to ask. For the for the Colts, hang on to Wentz. He's gonna cost you a first round pick this year. Find his replacement. Find his replacement. What do you like best this weekend, Michael? Six games gonna be so much fun. You know, it is going to be so much fun, and I've been going through it. You know, I think that Philly line's a little high. I mean, when you go back and watch the first game, the the, the Bucks were really healthy then, and the Eagles played a completely different game. They weren't the running team that we know of them today. Not that you could run the ball on the Bucks back then, but now you can. The Bucks are wounded. They don't have Antonio Brown. That's a guy. That's a, certainly a guy Brady wants to throw the football. They they don't have Godwin. We know he loved throwing the ball to him. So it's going to be a little bit of a I think it's a little bit of a problem. I think the Bucks will move the ball on the Eagles, but I do think the Eagles will give them some trouble. I think it's a closer game than the nine. I'm leaning towards that. I also, you know, I do like San Francisco as a road dog. Uh, I wouldn't touch Pittsburgh at, at all. I, like I've said on my podcast and I've said on the show, I've seen enough of Ben. Go to the Hall of Fame. I love you, Ben. You're great. <laughs> I've just seen enough, okay? And I think the weather in New England is, the weather in Buffalo is going to be five degrees of kickoff. You know, and that game has been hovering around four points the whole week. Yeah, it's going to be five degrees of kickoff. We're, we're finding out that the worst weather might actually be in Tampa Bay with winds. It'll be warm, but it could be windy and rainy, and so that could be an interesting uh, situation there. And I asked this of someone. I can't remember who I asked this of earlier this week, but I'll ask this of you, um, and I'm going to make it an either-or, but you might want to go off script here as well. But, but I'm trying to be provocative at asking it, which is the Titans. Are they the worst number one seed in recent memory or in some weird way because they didn't have their best player for nine weeks, and their second best player for a month in A.J. Brown? Are they in some ways maybe the greatest number one seed there's ever been because now they're getting everybody back? Well, you know, but they kind of did replace Henry in a sense. I mean, they got some good mileage out of Foreman and Nichols. They ran for 200 yards against the Patriots. I mean, they did replace them. I mean, I power ranked my teams, you know, for playoff rounds. And I think of the 14 teams, Tennessee, I have them power ranked 10th. 
They're the number one seed. I think it's why, I think it's why Vrabel should get coach of the year. Look at their numbers. I mean, they're, they're, they're horrible in yards per play, offense, defensively. You know, they're not great on third down. There's really nothing that stands out to them other than when they don't turn the ball over, they're hard to beat. They're hard and to so beat. And yeah. so they're hard to beat. They're not pretty. I mean, go back to the – I mean, the Saints had them beat. They got a call here, call there. You know, I think this. I think no one's scared to go into Nashville and play, but you can't turn the ball over and play there. But I agree. I don't think – they don't look like a definite number one seed. They look like a well-coached team that benefited from playing in the South – that also benefited from, you know, being able to, to not lose games. I mean, and they lost their best player in, stu- in spite of it. And, and, and let's face it, the Julio Jones trade's a disaster, disaster. for him. He's disaster. He's done nothing for him this year. Nothing at all. Nothing. Can't stand the lineup, and then when he's in, he's, he's just non-existent. Um, okay, I lied. One more thing. So it's about as open a playoff as, as we can remember. What's the longest shot? If I said, Michael, you can't have the number one seeds, you can't have the Kansas Cities or the Tampa Bays at number two either. But what's the longest shot on the board that you'd be willing to take a flyer on to win it all? I, I, I would say Cincinnati, just because of Burrow and Chase, their ability to make big plays, their ability to stay in games. I, I hate their offensive line. I think it's going to be problematic, but I do think that they have – they're good in the kicking game. People don't talk about it. They're one of the better kicking game teams in the tournament, you know, whereas Green Bay's the worst kicking game team. Las Vegas isn't as good as, as some others. Kansas City's very good, by the way. But to me – I think that they would be one I would take a risk on. You're right. We don't talk about that aspect enough. I raise my hand. Guilty as charged. Michael, thank you. We'll all be listening to the Lombardi line, top of the hour. Thank you. Michael Lombardi, everybody, hosted today by the great Dave Ross. Dave Ross. Famous in the DMV as well, which gives him extra points. Coming back, top of the hour. Enjoy from Visa, the Sports Betting Network. 